Hey everyone, it's Jake here. Thanks for joining in to the Wellspring Podcast. If you're ready to be encouraged, but also challenged to live a bold life for Jesus and get rid of the old useless traditions of man, well, you've come to the right place. So buckle up and let's dive into this week's message. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Lord, that you help us Help us to interpret your scriptures and apply it to our daily life. Lord, that we would be able to take your word, listen to it, that we hear it, but not hearers only. You would help us to walk it out, to apply it in our everyday life so that we can stop the work of the enemy in this generation, Lord, as we are strong in your word, strong as as you told Joshua, be Above all, be strong and very courageous to obey the words of the law. Lord, let us be strong and courageous to listen to your word and apply it to our life today. Thank you, Lord, that you are victorious. And, Lord, that we would stay right next to you. Right next to you, Lord. Lord, let us draw near to you this year like never before. Thank you, Lord, for what you did in the past. But this year, God, let us draw near to you, closer than ever before. In Jesus' name, everyone says, amen. I like you today, Steve. Amen. (laughs) I want to just take just a moment because I I want to review last week. Um, Who was not here last Sunday? Anybody? Anybody? We had a lot that weren't here, but I want to just review this because I was talking to somebody that was here last week and they heard my message and I was talking to them about some of this meat that I was talking about and they went, what, 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 what is that? I was like, I just, four days ago, I taught it. You were looking right at me. What was that again? Okay, I'm going to talk about it again, and this is going to be kind of review, and then I'm going to tag and catch on the end of it, because how many know we need to we need to hear things sometimes multiple times, but I think this is real key for us as we move forward, and I want to just kind of go over. But how many know that our ultimate hope is in Jesus? That's our he's he's this world can can burn up. Everything, you could go through a Job thing where you lose everybody. You lose everything. But if your hope is in Jesus, that's the only hope you really need. Because his life that he gives us is going to extend past this life. Amen? If the elections go crazy, and then you know what I mean? That's not the end. We're a part of a heavenly kingdom. All right. Ultimate hope. Our ultimate hope is in him. But there were three hopes. Can I go back over this real quick? Number, the first kind of hope would be kind of the lowest is, who remembers? Casual hope. Thank you. I can trust, trust you, some of you guys. Now, you cheating. You, you pulled up your notes. Could you remember without notes? You didn't? Okay, good job. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. What if we brought back some grades? Like, we need to take a test. Like, end of the month test. On all the four sermons that were preached throughout. If you, if you don't, 
essay. Like, what do we need to do? Like, when I knew there were essay questions coming up, when I was at Bible school, everything was essay. And, boy, I took good notes, you know, because I knew that test was coming. Casual hopes, number one. Number two was precious hopes. And, of course, the greatest and the highest, we just talked about it, ultimate hope. Be careful not to mix and mingle these three types of hopes. What do I mean by that? Casual hope, which is I hope the pastor doesn't go too long because I'm hungry and I need to eat lunch. I hope this meal is better than last time. I hope it stops raining. Like, I need sunshine. Come on, amen. How many turned that? How many would, that was almost a precious hope, right? I mean, when it was raining, it was like, okay. I think it might have slid over into a precious hope for just a second. Like, let the sun come out, let it stop raining. Okay. It doesn't need to be a precious hope, okay? Just keep that in casual hope, all right? And then we have precious hope. This is things like, uh, what, what, what were some of the things we talked about? Okay. Okay, so you have a friend. They, they're going through something hard. They're, they're addicted to, to drugs or pornography or something, and you're praying for them because it's really gripping them, right? It, it's causing lots of pain, lots of suffering, uh, self-inflicted, and you want them to get out of that cycle, and so that's fuel for your prayer for them. That would be like a precious hope. I got a lot of this is from John Eldridge. He wrote a book about hope, and uh, so... We have those precious hopes. You know, I need to feed my family, and, and I need a job, right? I'm praying, Lord, lead me to a job. And you're praying. I want to I I be a provider for my family. So you put that on that prayer thing, and you're, you're, right? It's not your ultimate hope, right? But it's a precious hope. It's some things that you need to do that need to happen. You're praying, and you have their precious hopes. And, of course, we already talked about ultimate hope. And what happens sometimes is we start when we have extreme uh, disappointment. And I'm going to talk about depression real quick. How many know that the stats for depression across our nation are going up and up? There's lots. There's, it's like it's depression, anxiety, those things are going up. And I believe that one of the, the keys to uh, – or, or a, what I would say, a, a key piece of counseling advice is to make sure that we're not putting too many precious hopes into the ultimate hope category, right? Like when that thing that I was really believing for, and it's good, and, and I, I, what's wrong with me praying for that? But then it doesn't happen. And now we're deconstructing our faith. We're blaming God. Well, God, why, why? And we get filled with this big why. You know, who's ever had a big why in your life? Okay, I've had lots of whys. Like, why did this happen? It's just, it's just things like that happen. And there's times when we put our precious hope, we slide that over into an ultimate hope category. And when we do that, we're setting ourselves up many, many times to very uh, devastating disappointment. I heard a pastor one time say that disappointment is, is like depression in diapers. 
And like you get disappointed, and it's not that big of a deal. But if you're not careful, and you don't take care of that, and you don't shift your trust into Jesus, then that thing will start growing. Right? And in, in that extreme disappointment that I did everything I could, and I still, the divorce still happened. I did everything I could, and my loved one died. I did everything I could. See, if we slide that over into ultimate hope, then we allow that to be very devastating in our life, and it, it can actually cause us to start doubting God. It can start that thought of, did God really say? What's the first thing that Satan said, the serpent in the, in the garden? The first thing he said was, did God really say? See, and when we slide too many things over into this ultimate hope, we just, hope is hope. No, not hope is not hope. Like, it's not all the same. The kind of hope that we have in Jesus is not the kind, same kind of hope that we have that I hope it will stop raining. Careful not to mix and mingle these things. None of these are bad, right? Casual hopes are good. I'm just not going to quit if it doesn't go my way. Precious hopes are good, but if it doesn't go the way I want, I'm not going to get spit, fire, mad, offended, and leave the church and blame everybody, right? Because sometimes that's what we do. Disappointment comes, well, somebody should have done, somebody else should have, they didn't. We're putting too much on people and shifting that from the Lord. Some things only can do. Amen. Keep our hope in Jesus, our ultimate hope in him. Amen. All right, let's move on. Hope again in 2024. That's what we really want. But I want to read a few scriptures, and I have them up on the screen just so we can see this. But I want to go over and pull out a few things from our scripture last week. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Oh, look at there. Weren't we singing about that just a minute ago? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. All right, now I want to look at this for just a second. I really want to highlight today this term, new birth. New birth into a living hope. See, maybe here today, you need this new birth. You have not come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord. There is no amount of trying to do right that can cause you to do right in the eyes of God. It's not by works. It, it's, it's, by, it's by grace. It's by faith in Jesus. Amen? So you may be in here needing to be born again. If you've not made that Jesus the Lord of your life, you may still be what we would call unsaved. Okay? And when we mean by saved, means that we were born into sin. 
the sin that started everything has now caused us to be born. We're born into that, unregenerated. We're unsaved. And we all need Jesus as the Son of God who died on the cross and gave his blood. We need to make him the Lord of our life. And he comes in not just to help us think a little bit better. doesn't just help us be a little bit better. But he gives us a new life, new creation, a new birth into a living hope. That may be you today. But you also may be in here today needing to remember that you've had a new birth, that you've been born again, that you're not like you once were, because that sets your a platform up of, of the revelation of his mercy that has gotten you to where you are now and a new birth that you can never attain by yourself to help you become humble once again. I'm going to break that down a little bit. I feel like that was a long sentence, so I'm going to say that again. How many has been born again? Do we wake up with that realization all the time that I've been given a new birth? Like, I don't deserve. Okay, let's, 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 look, let's back up to, um, let's look at that. Great mercy. Because of what? Because of his great mercy. Here's the thing. We don't get new birth. We don't experience a life reborn, born again, apart from his mercy. And I'm telling us to guard against religious attitudes. We cannot veer from the revelation of what that great mercy actually means to us. Because when we forget that we've been born again, given new birth that we don't deserve because of his great mercy, when we forget that, we start getting stiff-necked. Well, they're just not acting right. They need to come be like this. and well, They just get their act together. And well, they, See, we start becoming religious and pharisaical. Instead of They're, boy, I want to, but I want to pray for them. I want to love them. I want to help them. See, it's not just, we're not talking about tolerance and just accepting everybody how they want. But I'm talking about the motivation for your prayers. It's not just because I'm, because I'm deeply vexed by their sin. It makes me feel bad when they're around me. I don't really care how it makes you feel when they're around you. But it should inspire, oh, his mercy came on me. And I want them to experience that same mercy too. You see how they will empower your prayers for them. But the religious, the Pharisees, they're, see, they start looking down on those around them. And I believe as the church moves forward, we, can, we, we must hold tight on truth. Like we're not redefining marriage here. God made male and female. Right? He made things. We know that. I think we all understand that. We're not redefining truth. But we have to make sure, like Ephesians says, that we speak truth in love. My good friend, he said, truth 
without love is not real truth. Love without truth is not really love. Right? Because see, if you love them, you'll tell them the truth. But if you don't walk in love, you tell them the truth just to be, to inflate yourself. Amen? But this great mercy, there's such a big thing with this great mercy. All right. Let's, um, let me, can, let's read through the rest of that, Tony. I want to look, starting in verse 5. Um, he said, <clears throat> just because this is so good. Verse 5, you are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which though perishable is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him, and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Wow, this is so good. These scriptures right here are just so rich. And so we know that that the work of Jesus, what he did on us, this work of mercy, this work of God, now we are pulled out of that pit. We're born again. The old things are not going to be to have a stronghold on you anymore, right? And we're born again. John chapter 3, y'all remember the story of Jesus and Nicodemus? This is where the, Jesus introduces us to this idea of being born again. John chapter 3, verse 1. It says, there was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Okay, now, the Pharisees, they were, they were like teachers of the law. And they gave Jesus a lot of hard time, right? They had taken a lot of these things and just made them a form a system, a religious system, and really their their hearts weren't to magnify God. In fact, the word says that their lips would magnify the Lord, you know, would, would honor him, but their heart was far from him. And so here, Nicodemus, he is actually a ruler with the Jews. So he's not just another Pharisee. It's like he has some, he's got some, some clout here. And it said, verse 2, this man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can anyone be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? I mean, kind of valid question from a guy that's never heard of this type of thing before. Anyways, he's kind of... Jesus answered, truly I tell you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. 
the, bl- the wind blows where it pleases, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes or where, it, where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So Nicodemus, he was, a, he, he was taught, very schooled in the law. He was knowledgeable, yet he had trouble understanding with his mind, with his physical mind. But he had a hunger for more than what the religious law alone could offer. And I think there's a lesson for us to learn here today that merely going to church and hearing the scriptures is not enough. It's just not. It's not enough. John chapter 5, verse 39 says, you pour over the scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them, and yet they testify about me. But you are not willing to come to me so that you may have life. Listen to that. This is Jesus telling these guys, you're, you're, just, you're doing great and deep expository word studies in the Bible. That's what he's saying. You're pouring, you're searching, you're, you're pulling out, you're pulling all the, you're doing all that, but you're failing to see that they point to me. You're failing to come to me. You're not willing to come to me, he said in verse 40. You're not, you're dissecting the scriptures, but you're not willing to come to me so that you may have life. Merely going to church, merely listening to podcasts, merely just listen, putting on the word and just listening all the time, that by itself is it's just not automatic. Or else they would have been just fine because there was nobody that searched those scriptures more than them. It must cause us to actually come to him. Then when I open up my Bible and I read those scriptures, see, Remember the scripture, the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. So there's times when we can read that letter over and over and over, and if we don't have the spirit helping us understand it, we can do a lot of bad things with it. Okay, look at what the Roman Catholic Church did. I mean, have you ever heard of the Crusades? Have you heard about what Saul before he became Paul did? They're doing this in the name of the Lord. They're doing this in the name of the law, and they're killing until he had a Damascus Road experience, and he had that encounter with Jesus. And now all that I thought I knew by the the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Jesus helps me now, these things come to life. Isn't, have you ever had this moment where you re, you've read the same scripture over and over, but then you read it, and it just like it's just like, you know, like on the movies, like a national treasure moment where it's like it's lighting up, you know, it's like wow. I mean, I've read that a bunch, but I've never really gotten that out of that. See, I believe that's the Holy Spirit meeting your hunger. Amen. So merely going to church is not enough. Merely hearing the scripture is not enough. Church is a part of our Christian life. 
And I want to say this because a lot of people, some may disagree. But if we are a part of, if we're universally the church, right? You know, I'm the church. People say that, you know, I, I am the church. Well, yes and no. Why would he need, okay. He gave the church apostles, prophets, pastor, teachers, he, uh, deacon, you know, all these things. Okay, so you're all of those things? Well, no. We are, we are grafted in and we are the church. It's not just a building, right? We're part of the universal church. But listen to this. If we are universally the church, then we will be part of the church locally. It's just how Jesus designed this. This is the strength of the church, the community. And even, even in the world right now, when you talk about, uh, you know, pr preppers getting ready for the, the whatever's going to happen, one of the big things is you could have the food stored. You could have all the guns. You could have all the ammo. Do you think you're going to be able to strap enough on your own body by yourself? No, how important it is to have those communities, those people around you. You know what I mean? Just to have, I mean, I remember back in COVID, I know this is kind of a tough subject with some people, but I actually got COVID and it went down in my lungs, got double pneumonia and just ended up in the ER a couple of times. And I was just, it was just a huge blessing that we had had church family that brought over uh uh, the breathing machine that had some medicine that I needed. I mean, I don't know if I would have made it through that day. You know what I mean? It was just, it was a benefit. It was just, it was a strength in my own life. They brought me chicken noodle soup and, and you know what I mean? It's like, you think that's not a big deal, but when you're hurting and you're hungry, the smaller things, the smallest things make a big difference. And that's something that we, we fail to see sometimes because church hurt and different things. In our spiritual life, we can have discouragement, small things we're working through, and how great it is sometimes to have somebody just to call up. Say, man, I'm kind of struggling here. I'm just, you know, what do you think about this? And just to be able to talk through, get you a little spiritual chicken noodle soup. It's not a huge thing, but it sure was nice when I needed it. You know, it's not the thing, but it's nice to be a part of a church to do that amen and as we have new birth as we are born again and now we are the church of christ we are the body of christ we are now um a part of a new family it's like a new birth in a new family born again amen that word for new birth here i'm not gonna say it because it's it's just some Greek word. But it's referring, the Strong says it's referring to God's regenerating a believer, giving a supernatural new birth. That's what Strong says. It's a new birth, a new life from above, not from a list of to-dos. It's from Jesus. Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a, 
new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. You remember the mercy I was talking about earlier? See, now we see that all the good that comes is from God. It's from him. It's from him reconciling us to himself. It's, it's his mercy not counting the trespasses that we've done. What if, what if I could just point a remote at you and play the highlight reels of your thoughts all week right up here on this screen? Listen, I mean, who could honestly say in this room, I would be fine just displaying all my thoughts right up here on the screen for everybody to see? Anybody? Any takers? Right, because <clears throat> like I almost want to say if you raised your hand to that, then you should probably just leave. Why am I saying that? Why am I saying this? There is a foundation, like a foundational thing that helps hold together all the good that God wants to do in our life. And that definitely, I'll start off with what it's not. It's not pride and arrogance. It's thankfulness, it's gratitude, and it's, Lord, I'm not deserving of my own, but thank you because of your great mercy. And because of what he did in my life, because of all that, he, he still gave me salvation in spite of all that. Therefore, today, I'm not going to let my mistakes, my troubles, my hardships keep me from hoping again in 2024. Turn, let, turn those things around. I can hope again. Man, I may have failed 942 times in 2023, but because of his great mercy, because of his empowering work in my life, we say, well, I, I just, you know, why do I keep doing this? Why do I, why do I keep getting hung up? On this old past, you know, and I think that's one reason why in our opening scripture it said a new birth into a living hope. It's, it's not just a one and done. He's living. He's, he's there with us, alive and living, showing us, helping us. In fact, Jesus is at the right hand right now making intercession for us. He's actually praying for you. A living hope. This word living is from, it's zeo, which is from zoe which is the life that only, the, the God kind of life, the, the life that he gives. But this word living is zeo, it's a, it's a form of zoe, which is basically uh, kind of like the, the living it out, like it's, 
It's moving. It's alive. That's the one and done. It's not stagnant. It's not religious. It's not past tense. It's alive and it's here now. Amen? It's hope for the present life and in the future life, but it's all in Christ. Mm. Zoe. Hope again. Hope again. Don't forget, because of his great mercy, he has given us. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. We can't do enough good deeds. We can't speak enough scriptures. We can't listen to enough podcasts. We can't pay enough. We can't do enough to earn mercy. Mercy is an act of kindness to the unfortunate, and it's the kindness of the Lord to extend forgiveness and love for sinners. What is mercy? Mercy is an act of kindness. And it's given in kindness, and the Lord gives it to us. His mercy is like the extending hand of forgiveness and love unto sinners. I love Titus chapter 3, and this is our last scripture. Titus chapter 3, verse 4. This is a great, I love, this is kind of like a definition of, you say, what is mercy? I like this scripture. Titus 3, 4 says, But when the kindness of our God and Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He poured out his Spirit on us abundantly, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we have become, oh, you're going to like this, heirs with the hope of eternal life. Man, isn't that good? Mercy. Listen, church friends, I'm telling you, don't forget the mercy that God gave us. Make sure we extend mercy to others. If we lose sight of the mercy that God has extended to save us, we begin to be prideful, unloving, entitled, slanderous, gossips, self-elevating, and I could just keep going on and on and on. When we lose sight of this mercy that God has given us, then we open ourselves up to let pride and arrogance come in, which lead to a fall. I do believe that's one of the things that our country, and I, you, you guys know me, I'm a patriot, but at, at the point where they started thinking they knew what was best, we don't need the truths of the Bible the underlying moral principles found in the Bible. We can do this on our own. We, and pride, arrogance starts leading us away from the word of God, and we see where that gets us. But thank God, I believe there's a remnant. I think the remnant's actually bigger than we think. I don't think it's like just a small remnant. Like, it's, enough, it's, it's, it's more than we think, but we have to become aware of God's call on our life to hope again for the
for the restoration of our nation, not just so we can be like, you know, can keep saying we're an exceptional nation, but so that our kids, our grandkids, my daughter, one of them's married, one of them, who knows, probably the next few years will be married. I'm thinking about my grandkids. I'm thinking about them. If the Lord tarries, I'm thinking about them. Great, your great grandkids, right? <laughs> and so that's who we fight for. That's who, and, and fighting for it is not just having ammo and, and all that. It's, it's the truths of the word and getting them inside of us. And that's one reason, one way we can hope again in 2024. We can hope again that things are going to turn around. Not just, you know, it's not, a, it's not an ultimate hope. Okay, I'm going to be clear about that. The, how our nation goes is not an ultimate hope. Right? It may all go to crud, right? But hope's in Jesus. But I can still pray. I can still do our part. Amen? So, how can I stay in this state of hope and faith no matter the circumstance? By knowing Jesus has already given us more than we deserve. By his mercy and now is actively ready to help us in our time of need. Amen. If you've been born again today, I just, I'm just bringing this up. It may have been a little while since we've heard a message on being born again. But today... Maybe you're not born again. You want to give your life to Jesus. We can fix that right now. <laughs> that can happen right now. But if you have been born again, I really was on my heart to bring that to remembrance that you have been born again. You have a new life in Christ. And when the we start making mistakes, walk in the flesh, this is the way it was explained to me. If... Uh, You've been doing something for a really long time. You kind of get muscle memory. You know, I, I, I had, a, had a baseball guy explain this to me, too. You, know, you, you, you learn how to swing the bat, and you do it nine million times. Your muscles just remember that, right? You're good at it, right? Some of you are just really good at sinning. I mean, you're like pro athlete sinner. I can sin with the best of them. I'm great at it. I can just... Sin in my sleep. I think about it all the time. Right? I mean, you, you may have traits in your life that it's just very easy to, to do. You might just fly off the handle and be angry and just start, you know what I mean? You're, you're really good at getting angry. You're really good at this. You, you know what I mean? There's like, it's like muscle memory. See, our flesh sometimes has muscle memory. And that's the way, you know, Pastor explains it. You, you're just... Why? I have had guys come in, they get total, just, I mean, at the altar, they're snotting all over themselves. They're crying at the altar, and they have a moment, and they give their life to Jesus. Three days later, struggling with alcohol or, you know, looking at porn or, or those things, and, and they're just like, did nothing, do, did I, you know, they're asking me all this, like, man, you just, you're just really good at sinning. And so now we got to submit that and surrender that to Jesus and allow him to retrain you. See, sanctification or setting part or, or um, just, all, yeah, it's really sanctification, not a word we use all the time. It, it happens instantly, but it also happens progressively. 
So we're sanctified, we're set apart, but then we are also being sanctified, being set apart. So we give our life to him, we become born again. But then, you know, I just, I wake up used to doing something. I remember, have you ever heard somebody, and I don't, I don't know if this is good or not, but I just remember, was it, was you all that way, way back, you smoked? I mean, this is back, she was a flower, she was a flower girl in the 60s, so, and I didn't ask her for permission, but, but I remember, I remember her saying that at first it was like she stopped smoking, but she just had the filter, and just because you're used to the mo movement. Anybody, did anybody smoke, had that problem? Okay. There's sins, like, it's just like, I remember uh, on fasting, uh, when we did a long fast, I mean, I drank lots of coffee, right? And I just, I had a faster's coffee, like, I had to just fill up a cup of hot water, and just because I was used to, I had muscle memory, I needed something to drink on, right? I mean, there's just like, it's like there's something, and so our our life sometimes is like that. We, we, we have our, our bodies and our minds are used to that, but we have to let God retrain us. You know what I mean? Reintroduce us to walking it out. And I'm thankful for God's patience, you know, that he helps us through that. And so I want to I encourage you in that, that you've been born again, but you have struggles. That's what it is, that if there's still got to be a submitting to the Lord to help you in that daily process if it is extreme in your life then we may need to take it to a, 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 a back to the altar time because it there's a difference between just reteaching the muscle memory then like you just have not surrendered that to God and there can be a rebellion in our heart we can come to him and give him big sections of our life but say, but this part over here, I'm going to keep that for myself. And so there was something we used to say a lot, that if God's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And so we have to be careful to re remember that God is a holy God. I want to make sure that I'm not, I don't make light of our sin that we're struggling with. I don't want to make light of that. If you're struggling with it, yes, God, can, you can surrender to him, and God will grow you, and he has mercy, and he has grace. But, but he also is not going to sit up there with an idol. Remember Dagon, the Old Testament. They tried to put the ark, Dagon, you know, the statue on its face, and they lift it back up. And then how the story go? It knocked down. Was it the third time? I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, it busted the idol. So we have to remember that God will not... Share with your idols. He must be the one and only. And when we give him all and we surrender to him, then that opens up a way for that new birth to come in. And what a humbling thing that is. Amen. And as we remember this, this is the last scripture. I want to read this. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. Amen. Can we just, I just want to pray for you guys. If that's you, can we just do that now? If you're in this room right now, 
and you're not sure where you stand with the Lord, this is real simple. We're not passing any cards out. You don't have to come down to the altar. But if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you must confess with your mouth that he is Lord. Lord of all. That means he gets to be the one to make the shots. He's the one that he, he's the one we've surrendered to. He's the boss. We say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I don't try to control it on my own anymore. Lord, I give my life to you. And it says, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. We must believe by faith that God sent Jesus to die on a cross to pay the payment for sin. But he rose again to give you new life. And we believe that down deep in our heart. And this results in righteousness. This is just a word meaning that you're now, you're in right standing with God. confessing with my mouth that means I'm not I'm not saying that I can do it on my own I'm confessing that I need Jesus and all of this together results in salvation so when the, you die or the trumpet blows that you when you stand before God you will stand before him not as a sinner but as a righteous person because of the blood of Jesus Lord, I just pray for everyone in this room that may need to make that decision right now if they're listening on podcasts. Lord, we don't know exactly what tomorrow's going to look like. But Lord, I, I want to believe down deep in my heart and I commit my life to you. Be the Lord of my life. Would you lead me? I made a mess of things. I surrender my life to you. Every part, every part I give to you. So, Lord, would you forgive me? Lord, I want to be born again. I want this new birth. And I commit to live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And if that's you, if you prayed that, I would encourage you to find somebody, find a pastor, find somebody just tell them what the Lord is doing in your heart doing in your life now I want to pray for you Father I thank you for all those that are hearing this message right now Lord the enemy has tried to he's tried to kill us he's tried to take us out he wants to keep us separate from you Jesus and I just pray for all my friends here Lord I thank you Lord that their their hope would be in you ultimate hope is in you and you alone so that they might not be put out to shame. Their life is held in your hands, and nothing in this world can separate them from your love. And I thank you, Lord, that they would learn to surrender every part. Lord, now the coming days and weeks and months, Jesus, I just ask by your spirit, speak to them, draw them, and show them your truth. Thank you, Jesus. 
for your love for us. We give our life to you in Jesus' name. Everyone says.